Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Tuesday morning. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch, drove across, well, not really fully across the city from like Midtown area. From the Midway Point. I've always said in Toronto, I don't like to go west of Avenue or Bathurst are sort of my my endpoint. So you're like right on the border of I don't go that far. I made the cut. <laughs> you made the cut. Yeah. Hey everyone, it's Amanda and we've got Ryan on the couch today. I'm going to let him introduce himself fully, but uh, we have an episode coming out in a couple of days where we spoke with a naturopathic doctor about auricular and bioenergetic Before you guys medicine. get all serious, can I ask you a question? Where do you get your hair cut, man? I really like your hair. <laughs> this was cut in China, actually. Really? Yeah, Jeez. they give me the traditional Chinese cut there. Man, so that's a far go for me to get. Yeah, where do you get, where you get your haircuts here? I really need to know. Because oh, I'm so lucky. My wife's best friends, two best friends, are both hairdressers. So all we got to do is trade food and uh, you have to Master hairdressers, they give you the whole getup. It's great. Oh man, the shampoo. He's been struggling for months because he's been shaving his head for it's been years now that he's been, but he's got the most beautiful hair. So, myself and our five year old daughter convinced him to grow the hair back, and now he can't find somebody to maintain it the way he likes it. So, my daughter, the hats. My daughter now is like, "Uh, Dad, just cut it if you want because she realized that my hair is not like hers, it doesn't fall, it just goes straight up. Nice, and she's like, You you know what, don't worry about it. But I still want you to keep yeah, it. Okay, we'll see. You know Sorry, how many off, like forty-five-year-old men would kill to have a full head of hair like that? And you shave yours off. Yeah, well, you know, got to keep up with the young kids. I got to see it's still hidden by the hat. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll stay today that wouldn't way. be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, we had someone on a naturopathic doctor speaking about auricular and bioenergetic medicine, which blew my mind. At the same time that we reached out to her, her name is Dr. Kate, we also reached out to Ryan and uh, the two of you happened to get back to us and you both had sort of slightly different takes on a similar topic. So we wanted you both to come in. So why don't I pass the mic over to you, give everybody a little bit of, of about your background. So who you are, what you do, what type of practice you have, and what you specialize in. Can do. Yeah. My name is Ryan Longnecker. Thanks for having me on. I'm a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. So acupuncturist and herbalist essentially. been practicing since uh, 2008. And um, yeah, I specialize in, in uh, degenerative eye diseases. So people are going blind essentially. So that means more... Uh, Back of the eye issues, retina, optic nerve issues. Uh, so anyone's going blind, like they kind of come in. There's not many people in Canada doing it. Yeah, what, like, I haven't, yeah. Heard, I haven't, I haven't heard heard that. Yeah, it's crazy because in school, you know, we learn like, oh, you know, Chinese medicine, acupuncture helps a lot of things, but eyes, we don't seem to help too much with that. So uh, once I discovered this is actually a thing, a field, then I got pretty excited and I just dove deep. How did you discover that this was a thing? So my patients actually, I had a patient come in and uh, she said, I have this condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Like many other people, I've never heard of this before. She said, yeah, basically it means like I have tunnel vision eventually. Like I'm good right now, but eventually like my peripheral vision is going to start caving in. At the end stage, you're pretty much looking through a peephole. Side note, that terrifies me. Oh, yeah. The thought of, I mean, vision loss, of course, I think would be traumatic for anyone who who could see and then you can't see. But that idea of it getting smaller and smaller, something yeah. about that, maybe it's the claustrophobic in me. I don't know. It's something about that terrifies me. It's anything, gradual anything with my eyes terrifies me. Like there's times when I, I, I fall asleep with my contact lenses. I know I shouldn't, but I do. It happens. And then they kind of get all gooped up. And then when I wake up, it's like super cloudy, like glaucoma cloudy. And I, I, I have this moment of freak out because like you can't see a thing. Everything's super cloudy. Can't even like read something 
something that's like fucking right in front of my face. It freaks me the hell out. How yeah. scared were you then? We just recorded an episode the other night with one of Mark's longtime friends, and we discussed the fact that Mark once had uh, coolant from his engine explode into his eyes. Ooh. And for days, we weren't certain if you were going to see again. How scared were you then? Um, you know, I wasn't really scared then because I was hopped up on pain meds, so I didn't really think much about anything. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. But we had someone on our podcast, uh, Fatima. She's a massage therapy teacher. Mm, she's not a teacher. Yeah, she no, she TAs. She, she does TAs. And she does she student, works services in student services at uh, yeah. one of the massage schools, and she has a practice. And she had major issues with her eyes, and we asked her to come on because she's a super trooper. She's into fitness and all that stuff. And when I was on her Instagram one time, and I was like, why do you have an eye patch? Like, what's going on there? And like, she she had her eye removed and the whole oh. bit. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. She crazy got talk. like a really cool prosthetic made yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it they it looks really good if you're looking at her straight on you can't even tell which is her her real eye and which is the prosthetic it's really like mind-blowing that they can make something like that i don't know how she has a license though a driver's a driver's license? license oh yeah you can still drive with just one eye yeah i have patients then, that would just only have one eye vision they still drive, but your yeah. depth perception goes out the fucking window yeah there's some kind of accommodation that happens you know your brain kind of makes sense of yeah yes wow. yeah if you only wasn't there have a sketch on on like a either a comedy show it was it in living color or mad tv like someone that had like no depth perception fuck i'm gonna google that the, 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 <laughs> there was a comedy sketch about about a character who had like no depth perception and i totally... take the premise already <laughs> <laughs> anyway we kind of cut riot off so Sorry, i I, know, I, that's mean, my fault. I like that story though <laughs> this is what we do but go on many tangents so you were saying that your patient came in and had this condition you had never heard of so what was your next step like did you have to go take additional training and courses well, yeah the to... most they came to me because they said uh they go to the states to see this one guy and he's like the main guy that treats this kind of condition okay. she said like but listen like i fly all the way over there every like kind of few months but i need someone local to treat me right are you willing to like learn this system to help me i said oh i mean it's just you're just one person i'll probably never treat it again but you know what why not took the course are you willing to learn to help me that's yeah. that's kind of cool <laughs> so obviously that shows she trusted you to begin with yeah because why you there's how many people who practice traditional Chinese medicine in Toronto. I feel like that's yeah. not so uncommon. Well, she did say she approached a few people and everyone said like, oh, I already know how to treat it. You know, we learned some things in school. She's like, no, no, this is like a specific system. Oh, okay. Me, right? Okay. And so uh, I'm, in, I'm taking courses all the time. Oh, we learn stuff. Mm-hmm. So much stuff out there, right? This is a 5,000 year old form of medicine. So lots to catch up on, yeah. right? Yeah, lots to learn. Yeah, but uh, so- yeah, I learned it and um, it's amazing. I didn't know medicine could treat as many people, you know, like I didn't understand the scope and range of eye conditions as well too. So once I once I realized like the things that we could do for these people, it's really it reinvigorated me, my love for my own medicine, you know? That's cool. So uh, yeah, we started treating her. She's seen results pretty cool, but then she's telling the other people that have this and they start coming in, I'm seeing results with them. Like, wow, this is like a, I don't know how many people are affected by this, you know? It's like a one in 5,000 person kind of thing, which sounds small, but with 7 billion people, that's still it's a ton of people. It's not that small, yeah. 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 So uh, people. So how long ago now. was this that you... It started maybe four or five years ago. Okay. So for the last four or five years, then your practice has shifted to really focus on eyes and degenerate degenerative wow i can't speak degenerative <laughs> too many d's that's what. <laughs> so that's been the last five years that's been your focus pretty then? much yeah it's the most the majority of patients at our clinic right now too people come from all over as well out. too yeah it's it's a thing to get over first thing we say to everyone too we're not needling in the eyes they say okay right. thank god <laughs> so okay let's start with then when somebody comes into you with any kind of eye condition 
What's the assessments process like? Yeah, it's pretty easy because most people, I mean, we're not their first stop, definitely, right? They've seen mm-hmm. their ophthalmologist, their medical doctors. They got all the tests. They know everything about their own condition right now. Uh, I just kind of need to see like what's going on with the rest of their body too, mm. right? We're still holistic medicine. So right. we're not just treating the eyeballs, treating the whole person to get the eyeballs better. Uh, so everyone responds different ways. And we really don't know how well they'll respond until we actually start doing it. But uh, I have my own assessments in the clinic as well too. You know, I've got some eye machines there, eye charts, assessing visual fields. So I'll still get an idea of like how they are. But um, the good thing about those is, you know, they're used to going to the doctors every year, getting these tests done to see how much worse it gets. Once they get diagnosed with conditions, a lot of times it's like, okay, we're just kind of monitoring at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But at least with mine, we're, we're monitoring to see like how much better it gets after the treatments. So um, a little flip of the switch for them. So what type of treatments are you doing for people with these conditions? Yeah, we try and make it as integrative as possible. So def- the acupuncture is the first thing I started with. That's the main modality we started with. But uh, I've added quite a few things since then. There's uh, there's lots out there that can help. Things like microcurrent. Uh, it's like a very low-level electrotherapy, mm-hmm. which helps mm-hmm. like stimulate the retina and the optic nerve, get that function better. Uh, we definitely st- uh, have our... Chinese herbs as well, too. Some very specific formulas. Nutrition therapy is huge, right? They got to eat well. They got to get their vitamins and things like that, too. Micronutrients getting back to the eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've added in, um, I have an associated naturopathic doctor that we added in, too. So she does IV vitamin injection therapy. Okay. Uh, The basis of that is that we're getting blood flow in the back of the eye. We want it to be like high quality, rich in micronutrients, right? So we're getting that that, uh, vitamin injection, too. And um, we're also using laser therapy as well, too. It's trying to hit it from all aspects, right? It's not going to be one thing that helps these people. It's a very multifaceted issue. Yeah. Off mic, actually, before you came in, Mark, uh, Ryan and I were talking about the fact that although our podcast is two massage therapists and a microphone, I was explaining to him, we like to talk about all things health, wellness, like anything in this realm. <laughs> sometimes not even. And sometimes not even. Sometimes we talk pure nonsense. Yeah. But he was saying, like, there's just so many different types of therapies out there. Like, there's so many things. And I think that people just don't, know enough about what options there are you know you you don't even know what's out there something's wrong with your eyes you go to an eye doctor they tell you what's going on and like you said then it's okay let's you know let's just wait and see how bad this gets yeah pretty much that is not an answer i want yeah i'm losing my vision that's not the answer i want right yeah yeah most of these conditions like uh the doctors have nothing for them really it's like uh they're like okay just kind of wait for stem cell therapy that's down the road or wait for gene therapy that's down the road as well too Mm -hmm. and then uh, but good luck come back every year we'll see how much worse it gets so are you getting referrals from doctors then or or they're not even on board with or have not knowledgeable enough in the stuff that you do to Like I've found like most doctors, most people are just different opinions everywhere, right? So yep. some doctors are pretty open to it. And there's one ophthalmologist in Montreal. He refers quite a few people to me. Mm. Um, other medical doctors, like they're for more other kind of stuff like MSK things. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it depends how open they are. Unfortunately, there's not too much research in this area as well. There's like maybe five major papers about it, but yeah, yeah. more needs to be done. Definitely, right? Right. Yeah. And that was the other thing we were talking about off mic where, you know, research is obviously important, but there's certain therapies that I think if they're not causing harm mm-hmm. and patients are getting results, yes. we need to just be a little more open to them. Because if I'm getting better, I don't care how I got better. I don't care if you said abracadabra, waved a wand over me and made me step in a puddle of mud and I'm yeah, better. I don't care. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? The rest of the medical community is like, well, you know, we need the research behind this. And then you as the patient, you're like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get better. Someone, someone help me here because everywhere else is failing me. Yeah. Well, Mark had mentioned once on the podcast, because like I said, you off mic as well. We practice pretty evidence-based, the two of us. I mean, we both have backgrounds. Our undergraduate degrees are in kinesiology. So uh, 
posture, gait, movement analysis, orthopedics, that's what makes sense to us. However, uh, about a year, two years ago now, I should probably look at my certificate, I took a course in reflexology. So I've incorporated reflexology in my practice. And I get, I get a decent amount of criticism from people who are like, okay, somebody <laughs> with a science background like yours, come on. But... I have seen results with the people that I'm using it with. And like I said to you, I don't care if it's a placebo or not. I don't think it is, but I don't care if mm -hmm. people are getting results. I love that. And Mark had spoken about the fact that he's got the worst seasonal allergies. Like, mm. I almost don't understand how bad your allergies are. I've never met somebody like you. Thanks. It's <laughs> I, Honestly, though, it's aggressive. I mean, he's been to doctors. He's got the prescription medications and his allergies are just terrible. And he said on the podcast one time that one of the only things that helps him when his sinuses are that bad is when I start pressing on his feet. Hey. Yeah, I found that out by, by chance. Like I had a former massage therapy student of mine who was taking reflexology and she needed so many people and so many case studies to do. And she's like, will you be a case study for me? And then she started doing some stuff on, you know, on my feet. Of course, reflexology on feet. <laughs> but she was doing stuff on my feet and it brought so much relief. The next day I was like, whatever the fuck you did, let's just keep this going. Maybe reflexology is a thing for me in my eyes. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Do you do so that on cool. now too? Yeah. I mean, I say, yeah, but that's a little bit of a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's a plenty do not, Do a not bit. ever marry a massage therapist. <laughs> you will never get a massage again in your life. <laughs> well, from, from that person. From your partner. But then it's it's funny because Mark will say, I should go book a massage with somebody. I'm like, don't be silly. I'll do it for you. Never happens. <laughs> Just the Never worst happens. massage. Touch, touch. Never happens. Like uh, we have a billion and one tables as you saw it here. We brought one home the other day or not the other day, probably about it's a been month like, ago. It's been two to three weeks at least. Yeah. It's been have, sitting in our hallway. Haven't opened it. You know, we're, let's treat each other. No, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's, you go home, last thing you want to do is work some more, right? Exactly. You're in like work exactly. mode. The funny thing is, is I actually don't mind. It's more on his end. He feels guilty asking me to work more. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's a good thing. He's being nice, but I would rather treat him than him fidget all night in pain. Mm. Good right? wife. Yes, very true. Well, selfish wife. I like my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so initially the email that Mark sent out to you was asking about auricular medicine. Yeah. So you practice that as well. Yeah, we incorporate that in everything. There's just so many styles out there, right? Can we so, talk about that for a second? Yeah. Dr. Kate gave her take, but as I said, she was... Um, not so much focused on actually using the points in the ear. She was more focused on the bioenergetic aspect. Mm -hmm. of, that's the way she practices. Mm -hmm. How are you, you or actually, maybe we should redefine auricular medicine. Yeah, I think Anyone who hasn't, thing. or nobody's heard it yet, it hasn't come out yet, but when it does, mm. can you define for everybody what auricular medicine is? At its base is primarily using the ear to both diagnose and treat the body. Mm -hmm. um, we look at the ear kind of like reflexology as different uh, refractive, re reflective areas, right? So uh, we in Chinese medicine, we kind of look at the ear almost like an upside down fetus if you can kind of mm -hmm. think of yeah, like the yeah. ear lobe that's kind of like the head of the baby and then like that the side of the ear that's kind of like their back and spine is too yeah so they kind of use that as a template to then you know trace on where they think the areas of the head or areas of the body would then uh, be focused on the ear so areas more in the middle more for like the organs and areas of the back more for arms and legs things like that so it's mm -hmm. a whole map you just kind of follow that so very right. similar reflexology in that right. regard just kind of using uh, mirror images right so uh, Chinese medicine, we'd uh, we'd still kind of diagnose in the same way, and according to like the five elements in yin yang theory, and then the treatment would uh, then be reflective on the ear as well too. So if we're thinking you have like, weaker heart or weaker kidneys, we could use those areas. And uh, mm. if you have like an area of the body that's weaker, like it's an elbow, you know, we use the elbow for the elbow pain areas. 
Um, but then there's different areas you can affect too for the more neurological aspect. So the more recent aspect of auricular acupuncture is really big in Europe, actually. Like the French and Germans, mm -hmm. they have uh, some pretty cool systems now. I'm taking one with uh, Dr. Aleem. He's coming in next month for an intensive auricular course. So I'm more excited to delve into that aspect as well, too. But according to the traditional Chinese medicine way, it's very similar to body treatments. Hmm. Yeah, so still using our traditional diagnosis to get the job done. So fascinating. So yeah. what's what's the premise of the course you're going to be taking soon then? So this is taught by a neurologist actually, an MD. Yeah. He's got no traditional Chinese medicine background at all, yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. So we like the evidence-based stuff in our group that we, that we run. Um, so he's uh, so he's traced back every single point to like every single nerve. So it's hmm. primarily primarily vagus nerve that goes there, right? And as most people know, vagus nerve is like the major parasympathetic nerve of the body that, that calms you down. So we can see some really strong parasympathetic action from that. Um, so he's all about like tracing back every nerve and how we can use different nerves to stimulate different aspects. Mm -hmm. So a major one is the, um, like you can stimulate the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, all from the ear as well. Uh, what's interesting is you can get like feedback as well too. So if you use, um, you ever seen like a pointer plus, it's kind of, it looks like a, like an electric pen and uh, you can induce a current to like make some motor action happen or you can also um, use it more of a sensory aspect right. or as a more detector. So you can find areas of uh, lower electrical resistance mm -hmm. and that should be more reactive areas. So I, was, I shadowed with this one doctor, he's really fascinating. He would just diagnose from the ear. Like he wouldn't ask any questions or anything. Yeah. He'd just have a patient come in, he'd take his little probe, he'd go in there and he'd like, oh, this is the active, you probably have some left knee pain. Like, yeah, that's right. And I go over here, this is active, you probably have some hemorrhoids. Like, Ooh, how'd you know? But yeah, you're right. So uh, yeah, it's amazing what the ear can show us. This is actually a lot more along the lines of what I was originally seeing when right. I, when I when I decided to contact everybody. And then Dr. K came in and she had this. She she does something completely different, which you were all on board with. Yeah, yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah. To me. well, I mean, <laughs> just. Anything to do with energy fascinates me because there's a lot of science behind it, but then there's also a part of it that makes people go, what? <laughs> so, yeah, originally what we wanted to talk about is exactly what you're describing is how you can diagnose the entire body through the ear. Like, it's... Yeah. So you can do it even simply just like looking at color changes as well too, right? So if you look at the map and you see like this area is a little red or this one has some raised bumps, then we'd say that there's some issues going on there. So if it's red, we may think more of a heat thing going on. So if you see red in like the lung area, maybe you got a cough or a cold or bronchitis or something. Mm -hmm. If it's like one area is white, maybe it's more colder. So uh, yeah, if you know your, it still goes along with the traditional Chinese medicine diagnosis of like the energy, right, cold, right, right. yin yang, things like that. It's crazy. Where did you study traditional Chinese medicine? Here in Toronto, it's called the Toronto School of Traditional Chinese. Mm -hmm. medicine i've taught there a few times but i go back to china a lot too to study as well too so segue oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody listening who's been um following the hysteria that is coronavirus did you listen to the news this morning or no, no. i haven't even turned oh. on a radio this what, morning no. a flight to jamaica some dude and i can't remember how long they were into their flight as a, a apparently as a joke stands up and says I have coronavirus. What? Yes. Everyone's in That's a panic. That's not funny. Flight crew onto the phone to the captain, blah, blah, blah. They put him in a mask. Everyone's in mask and gloves. They stick him in the back of the plane. The plane's got to turn around and come back. That's crazy. That really fucks up everybody. Imagine you're on a plane ready to go to Jamaica because I think this was a flight to Jamaica. And it really screws everyone up. You've messed up people. They they've lost their flyer points. If they if they don't have insurance on their on their on their vacation, they lost that. Whatever. 
plane was picking people up in Jamaica to come back home. Those people all get bumped. Like, just one dude making a stupid fucking joke just screwed up everyone's fucking month. He didn't have it, right? Uh, as far as I... I mean, it's still an ongoing story, but the last I heard on the radio, he was joking around. Wow. Ooh, not funny. Yeah, That's the new B funny. word. That's the, uh, the definition of, like, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too soon, bro. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, but you were actually in Ground Zero. I was in I'm a Wuhan Survivor. Yeah, I you was were there. a Wuhan Survivor, and you were there. You said like just before. Yeah, this I all went. Became I went knowledge. there uh, Christmas midnight, and uh, so I was planning to stay two weeks there. I'm just visiting my brothers. Him and his family lived there. Okay. In Wuhan, and uh, yeah, we're we're there, and we're just hanging out. And then I get some a bunch of emails, and messages from different people, like. Hey, is this where you are? And then they everything's an article like SARS type outbreak. It doesn't didn't even have a name at this point, right? It is a SARS type outbreak happening in Wuhan. But you know, you, you look at the article, it's like, you know, four or five people are affected. You're like, okay, I'm in a city of eleven million people, so odds are pretty good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's like so many hospitals, like 40, 50 hospitals, I don't even know. So you're thinking, this isn't gonna affect me. But uh it just so happened I my flight was the next day, anyways. So I got out. It's been a month, so everyone's here safe. So you got the hell out of there. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Um I've been seeing the craziest shit on social social media. Yeah. I don't know how much you use Facebook or Instagram or any yep. of these things, but people posting ridiculous things, like people just dropping in the streets in Wuhan. That's not what was happening when you were there, right? Not at all. <laughs> Everyone I talk to, they're like, oh, we're not worried. There's always something going on. There's always well, someone, some there kind of is always flu. something, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay anything. Of course, any kind of new virus or illness that people don't know about, there's mm-hmm. always the element of fear because how are we going to deal with this when it comes here? We don't know how serious it is. We don't know the prognosis, but mm-hmm. let's let's not freak everybody out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what the media does. Like, remember Zika? Remember Ebola? Like, are are we all dead? <laughs> <laughs> mm, true. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to make a joke of it. It obviously is serious, but it's just it's become crazy. Like on my on my Facebook, people are posting the most ridiculous things. Like they're showing um you know pictures of certain markets in China. We don't even know if this is Wuhan that they're showing, right? It's just yeah. some picture of some random market and it'll show some, you know, meat that doesn't necessarily look great. This is why everyone's okay. Yeah, no. That, that's yeah. why right. I could have been down on Spadina well, exactly <laughs> like do we even know that this is in China like what am I looking at right now exactly or um, a family member almost embarrassed to say family member was one of the people circulating uh, the video of people uh, eating live bats or live mice and all yeah. I'm like okay come on guys one we have we didn't know at this point or I don't think we knew at this point where the virus originated but I'm like okay we've got somebody over here saying mice somebody over here saying bats somebody over here saying it's from unsanitary food practices uh, I read somewhere snakes I mean mm. I, I have nothing to say but you were there and you're here and you're fine and when <laughs> yeah. you were there was it hysterical was everybody freaking out or everybody no. there was pretty freaking calm because business as usual it's business different i mean usual. i was there very early again right, right. but uh, it's pretty empty enough so friends are showing me pictures so it's uh, everyone just quarantining themselves they're staying in their house they're not yeah. leaving they, mm-hmm. they don't have to and your family's still there yeah no they left they went they to left? hong kong to hang out okay another safe zone right <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so they're safe too thank god awesome. but uh, yeah i've heard stories like um people because I many grocery stores are pretty much cleared out right so some people just like going hungry in their own homes just because they can't get food anywhere mm-hmm. um 
but everyone just staying in. So all my friends that they're there, they're all doctors. Though, so they're, they're still at the hospitals working. And uh, yeah, masks everywhere, of course. Yeah. But it's a ghost town. So it's got to be scary, though, being frontline, frontline medical. For sure. In those yeah. scenarios. Well, that's how like SARS kind of yeah. broke out too, right? It was mostly like, the caregivers and first responders that were yeah. spreading afterwards. I think I'd quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I I don't know. I'm I not... want to help people, but not that much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think you'd quit. <laughs> well, you never know. So it's ghost town there now. I mean, what's your take on coronavirus then, since we're talking about it? Do you think that I'm correct in saying the media has made it way worse than it probably needs to be? 100% agree. Yeah. Okay. Of course we should be concerned, but, and then who's to say if there was no media, maybe it would, would spread more too. So I guess awareness was a great tool. Awareness is a good thing yeah. for sure. But also China has really changed their like um, epidemic response since SARS because uh, they got a lot of criticism that they kept this thing quiet for a while, right? They didn't right. want a backlash of like, oh, the we're going to be known as a disease country. Right. So, well, yeah, they responded very quickly. I mean, they built two new hospitals in like eight days. I don't yeah, know if you saw that report. Yeah, I saw that. And not like some little rinky-dink tent or anything, like mm. fully functioning They built hospitals. hospitals, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe like the infrastructure they, they make there in no time. Those were the best memes, by the way. And it's like, you know, construction needs to be done to the 401. It's going to take six and a half years. China, we're going to build a hospital be done in six days <laughs> True, the power of communism right there <laughs> oh boy a whole get other topic yep, get it done so what else do we want to talk about like i feel like we've got a, a wealth of knowledge here with someone who does traditional Chinese i know i kind of wanted to and... know the, the the details i know it's it's kind of weird to get into details about about the the treatments for the eye conditions yeah no problem yeah um so most people think everything's around the eyes right yeah, yeah. but a lot of it's more like in the body like hands and feet there's some really strong points there. So uh, most of the studies that I've done or most of the uh, course I've taken that really focus on eyes, all the eye, eye pros, mm -hmm. they're doing mostly hand and feet stuff actually. Yeah. Like palms and soles too. You're talking about reflexology effects everywhere. We're doing a lot of the bottom of the foot points. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, no doubt in my mind, the bottom of the feet affects everything as well too. Mm. What I'm thinking, because my background is uh, we do a lot of, uh, it's called Neuromeridian. We teach this stuff at York University as well too. It's a lot of like how the acupuncture points respond or correspond to every single nerve in the body, right? Mm -hmm. So you're looking at the hands and feet that's like, so much nerve innervation there, right? Right. If you think about the homunculus in the head, like how much brain power is devoted to these areas, yeah. then uh, hands and feet, yeah, you're going to wake up a lot of stuff in the body. You're going to get a lot of blood flow and a lot of responses happening too. So I think that's one of the major ones. But uh, in terms of like specificity studies and like why, you know, this point will do something, but then the point right one centimeter down from that, which is like the same nerve, does something totally different. We haven't been able to figure that one out yet, which is frustrating. So if you have anything on that, that's that's the next gem. Hmm. But in terms of uh, finding out different how different nerves work affect the body, then uh, that's what we're all about too. Hmm. But uh, yeah, in terms of that treatment, so a lot of points in the hands and feet, we're still um, using traditional acupuncture points too. Um, things that do induce, like digestion is a big one for a lot of people, right? If you're not mm -hmm. getting proper nutrients, they're not going to go to the eyes essentially. So we're doing still like Ab abdominal points as well to have digestion but uh, definitely got to get those points around the eyes so most people are nervous of like um, points around the eyes there's the popular ones called bladder one it's right at the inner corner of the eye there there's <gasps> like I know <laughs> everyone's thinking that's what we're doing all day but luckily we don't have to do those for everyone they do help in some cases but most of the time it's like eyebrows and cheekbone area so, Do you have patients that come in that are nervous about acupuncture? Oh, of course, yeah. But um, you'd be surprised at how much you can overcome when you're going blind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's I amazing think. what weird things you seem to get that uh, aren't weird anymore. Keep in mind, too, some conditions like uh, macular degeneration, there's two kinds, a dry form and a wet form, which one's like no bleeding, the other one is like prone to bleeding. Mm -hmm. And if you get a bleed, you can go blind like 
in a few hours, right? So uh, one of the treatments that they do have, they have, they have good treatment for that. It's uh, called ILEA and Avastin. There's two different, well, there's a few different injections. But these are injections directly into the eye. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's scary. So And they do this like once a month or so, some of these patients. If you have a bad case, you have to go in every month for your whole life pretty much. Wow. Or until it's resolved. Um, so when I tell them, yeah, we're doing points like around your eye- eyebrow, they're like, these old ladies be like, honey, I got a needle in my eye. <laughs> this is nothing, okay? <laughs> yeah, acupuncture is something I've only done a few times, and um, I don't relax. I don't yeah. feel I'm relaxed, yeah, even yeah. though it's not like the it doesn't hurt. You know, this tiny needle yeah. go, it doesn't hurt, but I get so tense. I remember you seem like seeing an uppity my naturopathic person. doctor. Go go, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm a little uppity. It's a good word for me. <laughs> yeah, I was laying there, and it was just she had one. I think in my head somewhere and then a mm-hmm. lot in my hands. I don't even remember what we were working on this time, but I just remember laying there and my entire body was just tense because I was very aware of the fact <laughs> that there were needles in my face and my hands and I couldn't relax and I felt like is this counterproductive? Maybe I'm not a good candidate for this or maybe, you know, maybe I just need a few treatments to ease into the idea, but I was so tense oh, okay. the entire time. And was it counterproductive? Um yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. bit that time. I did go see uh, one of Mark's good friends. His wife uh, practices acupuncture as well. And I went to see her once or twice when I was very overdue with my first child. Nice. And so she did some points. That was really interesting, though. Yeah. She was, I can't even remember where she was putting the needles, but she was doing the same points on the left and the right side of my body. And I'm now forgetting, but you'll be able to tell me one side hurt every time she put the needle in. The other side, I felt nothing. Really? And so I asked her, why does one side hurt? And we had decided not to find out the sex of the baby. And so I said, why does one side hurt? And she goes, I don't want to tell you. And I said, well, wait, why? Why does one side hurt? And she said, all I'm going to tell you is there's a feminine side and a, a masculine side, but I'm not going to tell you what's what. Did you know the gender of the baby at the time? No. Oh, okay. You didn't want to know? I didn't want to know. Yeah, but okay. then I ended up uh, getting it out of her, which which side was hurting. And it was the feminine side that was hurting. Yeah. And I did end up having a girl. So, hey. I mean, <laughs> she had a 50-50 chance of just guessing, right? right so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she did some stuff with your ear too, right? She did yeah. yeah see i don't it was so long ago it was six years ago but um that time when i went for acupuncture i was less tense because at that point now i'm i'm understanding the old lady at that point i was like get this fucking baby out of me i don't care where you have to stick needles just get this kid out i was like 10 days overdue and so over it yeah which do you know off the top of your head which side of the body is feminine and which is masculine yeah right is feminine okay so i guess it's it easier to remember right because side. you just remember women are right <laughs> we just met but like i feel i don't know I'm, we're right there right there ryan i like you did she do the pulse diagnosis with you as well sorry did she do the pulse diagnosis with you as well oh that's a good question i don't know I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. But I I don't want to say no. And then she listens to this and she's like, yes, I did. <laughs> I don't know. I was hugely pregnant. I went to her house late at night and yeah. I was like, please do whatever you have to do. Get this baby out. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> the baby did not come out, but oh. she did tell me it would probably take about three sessions. I think I only went once or twice. And yeah. then yeah. Twice. by that point we were at 14 days overdue. So I finally let them induce me. Yeah. <laughs> about that time. It was about I'm that time. Went that, that far, actually. I had a midwife. They'll midwife. let you do whatever you want. You, yeah. <laughs> they sound great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Off with the pulse diagnosis, you kind of determine the sex of the baby as well, too. Oh, that's so cool. I'm at like 90% right now. So better than 50 50 at least. Mm. But yeah, same thing with the pulse. You can feel like a difference in the right pulse versus the left pulse. So cool. But uh, yeah, we use pulse diagnosis for a lot of things in Chinese medicine. But that's the one I've, I can always impress people with. My The naturopathic doctor that I typically go to, if I 
if I need someone, she always does pulses. Cool. And I mean, I never understand what she's doing, but yeah. I know that she's also studied traditional Chinese medicine. And yeah, she's always doing something with my pulses. Yeah, mm. got the three fingers calibrating. It's really important for herbs that you get it dialed in properly. There's no x-rays you. back then, right? So they had to rely yeah. on something. So pulse diagnosis was like their go-to thing. What got you into this stuff? What were um, you doing before? I was mainly a Kung Fu guy before. That's oh, yeah? what got me into the Chinese medicine. I love it because there's a lot of similarities in terms of like the theory and the understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Kung Fu, I use like five element ideas, yin yang principles to punch and kick and hurt people. Mm-hmm. You get a little higher, you learn those same principles to like throw people and uh, even higher to start doing pressure points, right? Pressure points striking. So you learn like, you know, this point in the chest, you can stop their breathing. Mm-hmm. This point in the neck, you can stop their blood. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I thought and that was you, just in movies. I know, I thought so too. <laughs> Life's a movie now. It's more than just Enter the Dragon, okay? <laughs> you get to the highest level. They say, you know, this the highest form of Kung Fu is actually the medicine, the Chinese medicine. Yeah. And in those same points, I used to like stop breathing. And now I do an acupuncture to help breathing. And the points in the neck that stop blood, I can put a needle in there and get the blood flowing again. So I just think it's cool. It's like just your intention that changes, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of like a hurting intention, now I got like a healing intention. That's so cool, man. So I love just how it's melded together. It is very cool. Although I'm suddenly feeling like we've invited someone into our into our space who can both save our life and end it That's right. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's a good thing. Yeah. We're going to stay on your good side. <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah, I love how strong and weak the body is at the same time. Definitely trips me up. Have you ever seen someone who practices traditional Chinese medicine? No. No? I don't really I don't really seek medical intervention mm-hmm. unless I'm dying. Yeah. That's just me. I'm not a preventative guy. And even even when I'm dying, it's like when I'm absolutely dying and this is the last resort and I just want a pill to make everything go away. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, a real man right there. <laughs> no, that's a stupid man is what it is. <laughs> I didn't say But yeah, that's that's generally the way and i'm i'm also an ignorance is bliss kind of guy yeah. yeah if i don't know something's wrong with my body then i'll just live life and uh and be happy with it and you know i don't know it's it's his you, wife you, loves to hear this you mentioned the allergies though and i send all my patients as one allergy person yeah she, she's also an acupuncturist but she uses like laser acupuncture See, this i will this i will do because yeah. my allergies kill me they literally yeah. feel they're like, debilitating yeah. that's what i mean like i wasn't even trying to be offensive or i'm not even exaggerating his allergies are like nothing i have ever seen like it actually just knocks him off his feet yeah oh, really? so so i would uh, that i would I would do. Okay, sure. give me the contact. Sounds good. Yeah, I took Sounds my wife good. to her because she has dog allergies. Yeah. And then we got a dog thinking like, oh, maybe not this one. But then she had, you know, for a Ooh. week or two, she's like coughing really bad or sneezing really badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took this lady once and then she's never had a problem again since. Oh, I want this. That yeah, blows I know. my mind. So I send all my patients to this lady now. You know what else you blows allergies? my mind? Going. Is I feel that most people who have animal allergies end up getting animals. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do that to yourselves? Your God's telling you not to. Hmm. Yeah, I've got, and I've got a Awesome. I've got bad allergies like that for like cats. Cats, too. yeah, your cat allergies it's fucking bad. horrible. Yeah. Do you I like can't cats even. Though? Uh, no, I can't stand cats. Yeah, I, don't, I have cat allergies. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> stay away from me. Yeah, <laughs> fuck uh, cats. Yeah. Sorry, guys, if you love cats. Yeah, like I can't even be All in, dog people here. I can't even be in a room if you own a cat and you like you come in the room. Like my 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 face goes nuts. Man, so you Do got you the remember... seasonal, so you got grass and pollen, and you got the cats. Yeah, probably dust too as well. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But do you remember our our road trip to Kenora? It was horrible. We were we were not very far. We were probably like North Bay. Like we were nowhere. Do you know where Kenora is? I've heard of it. It's so far it's northern. Two hours. It's two hours from Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like Never it mind. takes 23, 24 hours to drive there. Wow. And uh, we have friends that live there. So we were going for their wedding, actually. And we could have flown to Winnipeg 
and drove two hours to Kenora. But we thought road trip through northern Ontario is <laughs> a bad idea. But we were it young wasn't and a dumb. Bad idea. We were young and dumb. It's enjoyable drive. <laughs> anyway, we were we were only probably at about North Bay, so we had not gone anywhere. And there was three of us in the car, so we were going to take turns, take shifts driving, and we were going to drive straight through. So it was Mark's turn to rest. So he was in the back seat, which I didn't even want to do anyway. Right? I so- know he was really fighting resting, but we knew that he was going to do majority of the driving so we're like when you're not driving you need to rest so we forced him to go in the back seat and lay down and uh, the other person in the car was my cousin and she has cats and she had brought her own blankets and pillows well mark (laughs) happened to lay down on top of one of her pillows have you ever seen the movie hitch with will smith just did last week okay you know his face when he has the reaction yeah looks like a basketball we're dry yeah we're driving it's dark all of a sudden i turn around to say something to mark and i see his face i think i screamed like i was like what happened so he can't see himself obviously and my cousin and i look at him and we're freaking out just swollen shut yeah his eyes were swollen his lips were swollen like It didn't even look like him. He looked like Will Smith in Hitch. So we had to quickly like pull off and find somewhere. We found, I think, like a convenience store. And I ran in and I was like, Benadryl, do you have Benadryl? (laughs) See, I should have just stayed driving. You guys messed me up. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, but I I will definitely take that contact from you for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be surprised. That would be really cool. Yeah, blows my mind. Just like these lasers. It's so gentle. Yeah. I could do that. Can we hear about like a standout success story with one of your patients? You know, what their yeah. what their condition was, what you sort of how you figured out their treatment plan, how long the treatment plan went and, you know, what some of the outcomes were? I don't know if this is the best results I've ever had, but it definitely stands out in my mind the most. It was because uh, I have these online forms you fill out before you come in, right, to request an appointment. It's mm-hmm. always like, you know, what's your condition? So it was a mom. She filled out like, oh, my son has tummy pain and he's sleepy. So I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of cute, right? <laughs> Imagine this entire little boy, like, hey, just like, mm, sleepy. You know, I thought it was kind of cute, right? <laughs> and then, uh, oh, this will also be fun. And uh, so they come in, though, like this, like if it's tummy pain, this kid was in excruciating pain, though. Like oh. he, he couldn't, he came, he couldn't even open his eyes. He was just shivering and shaking and curled up in a ball the whole time. Oh, wow. But he was also like dead tired too. Like he could not keep his head up at all. So the whole time he just like lay on the floor pretty much or in his mom's lap at all times. Like this is what she meant by the sleepy. Uh, this, it turns out she's just like a super mom, right? She's just like staying positive the whole time. Like, no, we can get through this. This isn't a big deal. But mm-hmm. taking her, her son to all these practitioners, but, uh, Man, it was really sad to see this guy. Like, I'm a pretty stoic guy most of the time, but after they left, I cried because it was just so bad, right? Um, anyway, so uh, according to traditional Chinese medicine, we're thinking like it's a cold stagnation in the lower abdomen causing all this pain. It's just shaking, always painful. He's, he couldn't even talk. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my stomach. Yeah. And it's been like that for months, too. Couldn't believe it. Going months. to see all these specialists. What did the specialists have to say? They didn't really know. They were there. Just like, well. Yeah, trying things like a virus attack, CD Vasil, any kind of abdominal thing checking everything they, yeah. they had no idea and nothing so she just you know she's resorting to other modalities as most people do and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah she's taking into like yeah. even psychiatrists and trying to figure out what's going on too yeah so uh I mean, I can't, so I can't take credit for all the treatments that happened because she was taking a whole bunch of people because, mm-hmm. you know, she's a super mom. But, um, yeah, after a few, after a few weeks, we're doing treatments and he's getting a little better each time. You know, he's actually like looking at me in the eyes. He's keeping his head up and nice. he's not shivering quite as much anymore. We're just doing acupuncture and giving her herbs and moxibustion as well, too. But, mm-hmm. uh, just seeing that change when he came in, he's, and he started playing badminton with me, these little ping pong rackets. That's when I was like, oh man, it's, it's all worth it. You know, nice, if I only nice. treated one patient, like this, this would be the one. So, uh, that was, that was huge in my mind. Just seeing that change in this kid. 
12 years old. Yeah. It's hard to treat kids. It takes an emotional toll. Yeah. We have a, a five and a half year old and a two and a half year old. And the five and a half year old in her short little life has had Kawasaki disease. Ooh. She had Lyme disease. Mm. She had a lot of upper respiratory stuff when she was younger. So we were in the ER one time, seven times in 12 months mm-hmm. because mm. she couldn't breathe. Oh. So it's, yeah, it's a lot because they can't really even verbalize what's going on sometimes at that age and then they're not feeling well. So with the respiratory stuff, when we would take her in, you know, she's panicking as well. I'm trying to stay calm. Like you said, as the mother, you have to be like, okay, everything's okay. We're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to stay calm. But she knows, obviously, there's something wrong because she's going to all these doctors and whatever. And so the more nervous, I think, and worried she got, the worse her breathing was getting. Mm. But it was, yeah, it was a lot. You okay now? She is perfectly fine now. Oh, it's good to hear. The Kawasaki disease really threw us. That's scary. That was terrifying. It was interesting because a dentist said to me, I would have been more afraid of the Lyme disease. And I was like, yeah, okay, in theory, yes. But the Lyme disease, because she got the bullseye rash, was we could diagnose and treat. And, you know, I went and took her to get tested for all the co-infections and parasites and this and that. And so that I felt like I was in more control of. Kawasaki disease went undiagnosed or misdiagnosed well beyond the window to treat. Mm -hmm. So that was much more terrifying for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had to fight to get people to even consider Kawasaki disease because it's so rare. Mm -hmm. And I just think doctors thought I was nuts. You know, I was Googling and (laughs) they didn't want to listen to me. There's an episode of House MD that, Exactly like that. The mom's like, no, it's Kawasaki. And all the doctors are like, no, 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 it's not. Then yeah, just like you, she fought for it. Yeah, <laughs> she was right. I had so. to keep fighting. Finally, a pediatric cardiologist in Markham. Markham Stouffville. Wow. Took me seriously. And she said, yeah, everything you've described, yeah, that's Kawasaki disease. Wow. But, so like I, but like I said, we were well beyond the window to treat. We were just very lucky. It never did affect her heart. Mm-hmm. So I think she's got, um, if we wanted to, we could do one more echo. But she did the one immediately to diagnose. She did one six weeks after and she did one a year after. All were clear. So mm-hmm. I think we're we're graduates of Kawasaki disease now. Got my diploma. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never going back. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen any of these super rare conditions? Have you ever had patients with Kawasaki disease? No, thankfully. How about Lyme disease? Uh, I don't treat much of that, actually. I had a nephew with that, but uh, he was down in the States, so I never got to see him. But no, I don't treat much of that. I just focus on the eyes pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your biggest success story with eyes? Have you actually helped people regain like a decent amount of vision? Oh, yeah. People are getting vision all the time. It's exciting for these with these conditions where it's like supposed to be only getting worse too. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me about uh, one of those. I want to hear about somebody like getting their sight back. Yeah. So uh, I've got one guy. He comes in from Quebec somewhere. I think Montreal. And, um, you know, he's like on the cusp of losing his driver's license, right? Like he, like a lot of people, they come in when they're about to get retested. Because once you get diagnosed with the diseases, you know, the doctors have to report to the ministry. Right. Right. So they have to get retested every year. So he, he's on the cusp of losing. His, his, he's got the retinitis pigmentosa I've told you about. And uh, it's, it's down to like maybe like 15 degrees or something, right? So you're looking through like just like a small plate of vision pretty much. Um, but then after treatments, he gained a lot of vision back actually. He got back to like maybe like 45, 50 degrees. I don't know. But it was a lot when, you, when, I, when I retested him. He was really happy too. He's like every day coming like, oh, I can see a lot more too. But uh, he's, that was like 
three or four years ago. He's been keeping his license ever since. Come back pretty regularly. That is but so the, the doctors cool. are amazed by this. They always, yeah, I was about a lot to say, time, they must go back say, to their doctor. The doctor's like, what the what the fuck have you been doing? Yeah, most of the time they're like, oh, okay, spontaneous. Or we're like, I'm glad it worked for you, but don't know if it worked for other people. <laughs> they could be Why like, do they knows? hate just to give credit, <laughs> man? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some doctors that, that are into it. It's because they've seen like maybe four or five of my patients so far. They're like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Right. If we're seeing like consistent yeah. numbers. But mm-hmm. if they just see one patient with that, they're thinking, okay. But I'm sure the doctors must hear a lot. Like people say like, oh, it's because my aunt prayed for me. Or I heard some crazy stories about voodoo too. Ooh. So I'm sure when you hear those stories. And That's like, true. I mean, um, we talked about earlier how Mark once burnt his face. Yeah. I forced him to take homeopathics that someone had recommended for me for burns yeah he didn't want to because he was like what is this like what like just it's not gonna hurt you if anything right right? yeah i was like just take them take them and when uh i remember the day one day he came over to my house and his skin was completely black and charred but it just started falling off and the skin underneath was perfectly normal and he had no scars so to this day i'm always like Mm -hmm. see it was the homeopathics he's like come on i'm like i'm telling you like how does how does your skin look so perfect after being so badly burnt Mm -hmm. that's amazing what was it do you know i cannot for the life of me remember it was like 12 years ago and i wish i did because I don't know. Maybe it's probably still somewhere at your mom's house. She doesn't look at me. I, I don't. I have. I have no idea. Any so, someone gives me something, I'm just like, yeah, sure. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible that way. Oh my god. So much stuff out there. Everyone's raving about it too, right? Well, and like you said, there's things that are going to work for some people and not for other people. Yeah. So, but that's I how I imagine the doctors are kind of like you too, right? Like, oh, okay, sure, it works for you, whatever. Exactly. But this is really, really cool. I mean, anyone who's listening, if you know anyone who's losing their vision, there is possibly a hope you don't just have to Mm -hmm. wait and see how bad it gets like that's really cool yeah that's enough for some people too like i hear it all the time like the fact that found you and like there's actually hope because none of my doctors give me hope they all say the same thing like it's just gonna go bad just just wait for stem cells but they always ask like you know i'm 42 years old now is it gonna happen in my lifetime Mm -hmm. and they can never give a straight answer exactly right so yeah it's nice to have hope definitely and And when they start seeing results too i mean it's funny because like when you i guess you guys treat a lot of pain conditions and stuff like that are true right yeah if it's not totally gone then they're like oh bullshit (laughs) right but with eye conditions like you get like one degree back like yes Yes. (laughs) moving in the right direction yeah so exciting to see these even small changes you know like one guy, I remember he's got macular degeneration. He he came in the clinic so excited. He's like, Ryan, I saw my own pee today this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a true. success that, that would story. Be exciting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing what uh what we take for granted, right? Yeah, for Seriously, sure. <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to something like vision, I agree with you. Even a one degree change, I would feel. I would feel very positive and very hopeful because yep. also I would feel like, well, at least we're preventing it from getting worse. Mm-hmm. If it's getting even a little bit better, yes. I know it's not getting worse. Yeah. Like I will take that. Like I said, the thought of my vision getting slowly, 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 slowly worse, something about that is very terrifying for yeah, me. Just this boogeyman that's always on. Yes. You can't get away from. Mm. It's just getting worse and worse. Like that's. Yeah. Like at least you talk about uh, having goopy eyes in the morning, but at least you know that's temporary. So yeah. you have that like. To comfort you. Yep. Yeah, I can't imagine if I had that fucking cloud and it doesn't go away. Oh yeah, the feelings of the like cloud. feelings of why me and like the anger that comes yeah. from it and the, the hopelessness, loneliness too. There was uh, I watched an interesting. Um, well, my teacher showed me this. It was um, what, like pretty much the evolution of man, right? And then uh, so of course we think eyesight comes because you have to hunt your food, you got to get your food, things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's also the social aspect too of like reading facial cues, right? Like yeah. so many of our facial muscles are only for expression, right? There's no other 
reason for that than that. But um, yeah, reading expressions. So I mean, a uh, big thing of vision too, why we have like this central clarity, why we can see so well right in front of us is to uh, increase our social um, status as well too. So mm-hmm. uh, what I hear a lot too is when people are losing their vision, especially their central vision, it's like this feeling of loneliness, you mm-hmm. know, like they feel so isolated. They, they can't relate to people quite as well anymore because you're not reading facial cues. Mm-hmm. So that, that never, sounds sad too. I never thought of that. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, for people who are born without vision, they're they get their social cues in other ways. That's yeah. what they're used to. But yeah, if you had always been able to look at somebody while mm-hmm. having a conversation, yeah. although nobody looks at each other anymore, we all just look at our phones. <laughs> but back in the day when you used to look at people, yeah. <laughs> that would be such a weird thing to hear somebody speaking, but not be able to see what their face is doing. Mm-hmm. Nonverbal cues. Mm. This yeah. is like, what, 90% of communication, something like that? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I never thought about that. Eyesight. Yeah, things we take for granted. All the things we take for granted. I think granted. of the five senses, that's the most important one. Yeah? I could lose taste. Then I'm only eating healthy food, right? <laughs> that's true, man. Like if I couldn't taste, cupcakes, that wouldn't why, be such a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll just eat lettuce all the time. Well, we, we know a dude that can't smell. <laughs> He's do. got no sense of smell. Yeah, we have a... Uh, because of allergies or just he cannot at all? I don't know. What's up with him? Uh, he Heal told him. me once. He was a, a friend I met when I was in university. And I don't think he's ever had a sense of smell. Mm. I think one time he says he smelled peppermint, but it was like a fluke. Like normally he wouldn't be able to smell peppermint in front of him. Mm -hmm. But one time, I don't know if it was somebody put like peppermint oil or something. And he was like, oh, and like he kind of described it like, yeah, that's mint. So he had like a, a brief moment where he smelled peppermint. And one time he says, I think I smelled a skunk, but otherwise he's never smelled anything. So how do you be able to know though? Well, exactly. He doesn't actually know if he smelled w- or what he smelled. Right? He's it was smelling just... himself. Is what he's <laughs> yeah. smelling. Did I ever tell you about his initiation, the basketball team? Uh, yeah, but this is a good story. Yeah. This is a gross story. So my friend is six foot eight. So he was a basketball player, and um, I can't remember. I think this was a high school basketball team, actually. But anyway, he. Um, he made it on his high school <laughs> basketball team. And for an initiation, guys are gross. A bunch of the guys used the facilities in their hotel room <laughs> and locked him in the bathroom so that he'd have to sit in the stench. And he was like, fucking jokes on them. I can't smell anything. So he sat in there and pretended to be tortured, but he couldn't smell anything. <laughs> why are guys so gross, by the way? Like, wow. why is that the initiation? Disgusting. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, I've never had to. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a team sport kind of guy, so I've never had to go through that nonsense. It's weird to me. <laughs> Canadian University. Is it, he's Canadian? He's Canadian. Canadian and like I said, though, even do that stuff? I think it was high school. Okay. I think it was high school. It was a bunch of high school kids being idiots. I don't think he was in college. I'm not even certain if he went to college. Like I met him while I was going I to university. I also think it depends on the sport you play to. True. Right? So even if it's not at a university level or whatever the case is, like baseball players are horrible for shit like that. Oh, really? Hockey players are horrible yeah. for shit like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I know definitely hockey players are. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Maybe that? that's why I didn't get into hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay away. All these slightly homoerotic stuff. <laughs> it's true. It's it's true it's really strange but hockey players yeah they're a whole other breed what are your thoughts on um laser eye surgery like vision correction yeah for the most part it's great yeah uh there is dry eye that usually follows it mm. uh, which is can be pretty debilitating but um that's maybe like i forget that number maybe 10 20 percent uh, i would be we, fearful the, that i'd be that person yeah mm. oh there was one case in the news like recently um i think she she's pretty f- maybe semi-famous like a weather 
forecaster or something like that on the TV. Mm. But a uh, young girl too, she ended up killing herself. What? They didn't know why. And then they, they thought it might be her dry eye because she was complaining about it so much after the surgery. Oh, wow. She had to take drops every like 10 minutes or something like that. It just oh becomes so like... Oh, so on you, this like constant nagging thing. 10 to 20% is still higher than I would like I, it to I'm, be. I think I just made up the numbers, so don't quote me on that. Okay, but we will it, not there, there quote is you on a, that. There is a percentage chance of it happening. So that's a lot of the dry eye people that I see. That's been something I've talked about a lot. So I wear contacts. Yep. Um, my prescription's pretty strong. Like without them, you would not exist. You would be like a blue blob. <laughs> Over there. You'd miss all this. I would I would miss all of it. So I've considered it. Mark always scares the shit out of me. He's like, no, 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 no. Nobody's nobody's doing anything with my me. eyes. Like, like and, and my vision is worse than yours. Like slightly. Mine for me, it's like I it's like looking through fucking Coke bottles if I don't have my glasses oh, on. Really? Right. Like that's how bad it is. One of our eyes are the same. Yeah. Actually mine's slightly but worse. But I'm I'm scared <laughs> to shit to mess with my eyes like that. Just in case. Just in case. It's, but it's been I mean, around for so long now. Like I know, 30 but years still I mean the alternative is what? I, I put on some glasses every once yeah. in a while and I throw in some contact lenses. Yeah. I mean I hate I contacts. I would love to get rid of them yeah. i hate them it's just it's not it's it just doesn't it's not freeing when i'm in the ocean that's the only time i really dislike being in contact lenses is when i'm in the ocean but other True. than that i'm okay with it now i hate contact lenses because like you i sometimes i should just get in the habit and i know this this is like the, one of these mental blocks where i know what i should do and i just don't do it and there's no good reason for it like when i go home after i wash my face and i'm ready for bed i should just instantly take my lenses out and put my glasses on but i actually don't like wearing glasses either mm-hmm. so contact seems like the lesser of the two evils so yeah. if we're going to watch a movie i will often just leave my contacts in because i feel like i'll be more comfortable watching the movie and then i, I fall I'll asleep remember, i had a girlfriend she used to wear contacts but like the daily contacts right so one time she left her daily contacts in for like 4 days or something and i didn't know this but they start melting right so it's melted onto her eye Ooh. and when she took it off it ripped off a piece of her cornea oh my god she said it's like the most intense pain she's ever ever felt and it went to the er and everything and they're wow. like Whoa, four days are you kidding me yeah okay so we need to stop falling head. asleep with our lenses <laughs> in. i mean i don't have dailies but still yeah. i don't do it that often but probably i mean i think once is too many times and i probably do it a couple times a week where i fall asleep with my contacts in. yeah mm. but you have no problem just popping them in there right that, that, that's what I've never done. Putting them in is not a problem. Taking them out, not a problem. Yeah. Do you um, remember the first time you, you had to put them in? Yes. Did it take you forever? <laughs> it took me forever. I had to wake up. A it good, took me days. I had to wake up a good hour before going to school. This yeah. is when I was in high school just to get my fucking contacts in my just eyes. Slapping yourself like, let's do this. It just, I just couldn't get them in. It's like my eye would close. I couldn't get it in. Then I then one time I actually did get it in. It was inside out. And I'm like, oh, oh I got to take That is out. the but worst I'm, feeling when I accidentally put them in inside out. Like. Yeah. It's really? just, it's the most irritating feeling you could ever imagine. What do things look like inside out then? So it be, when it's um, the right way, it looks like a perfect bowl. Yeah, but yeah. if it's inside out, it's like a bowl with like a lip on no, the No, I mean end. looking through that oh, though, the inside out Oh, when you look, you contact, can see, it's same. just you feel like because the the bowl shape isn't that way anymore. It's like they pop yep. out. Yep. So when you blink, it's like you feel you blink, something you like feel scratching it. the oh. inside yeah. of your eyelid. It is and then so it d- irritating. And then it doesn't stay in place. So if you move your eye around, it, yeah. it, it, it tracks. It, it'll, it doesn't, it's, it's not snug. Right. So- you know, out of the periphery, it's it's a little bit blurry. So I that's mean, why you whenever you see right me away. in the mirror doing this, this is how I'm testing to see if I put it in right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I can feel it right away. As soon as I put it in the wrong way, I'm like, nope, that's yeah. not right. And I pop it right back out. But <laughs> my good. younger brother, actually, he wears glasses full time and he's never gotten contact lenses because 
that, you know, that experience of having to figure it out the first time. Mm-hmm. He did it, never revisited the idea. He's like, fuck it, I'll just wear glasses every day. <laughs> I can't do that, but what do I know? No, I get um I get headaches. I don't like something sitting on my my ears all day long. Oh yeah, yeah. It's because of that gentle pressure, right? Yeah. Like a I midget like squeezing it. your head. <laughs> and just like gently kind of crushing you. I feel like you guys could be friends. <laughs> that was like the most Mark thing. That that right? okay. It's like a midget squeezing your head. Yeah, completely. <laughs> what if he's like a really strong midget? Though? Yeah. The implication was that midgets are weaker because they're That's smaller. Right. Little, people, little people. Not, little not, people. A, not a child, a yeah. little person. All right. <laughs> but I think oh, that boy. water torture, like the, the Chinese water torture, they just drop a drop a water water droplet on your forehead mm, constantly yeah how the glass starts squeezing on me yeah and my ears get rashes too i've never got a rash on my ears but i definitely get a headache and i think like all the muscles in my you know in my skull in my head start contracting to keep these glasses on and yeah. then i just get a headache mm. so yeah i don't like them anyway so laser eye surgery you're all for it except there's a chance that you will have dry eyes so bad you'll want to rip them out very small chance but yeah I'm for it. Everyone I've known that's gone for has always raved about it. Yeah, me too. I've never really heard a bad thing from my personal friends. But, I've not uh, heard bad stories. Although you had I. a friend who it didn't work for. Like, didn't his vision he go bad go, again? Yeah, but it, he, he's got more going on with his eyes than just a simple, mm. like, you know, I'm nearsighted or I'm farsighted kind of thing. He's got other things going on. Interesting. Yeah. Poor guy. Well, now you know a guy. Yeah, it's good. Speaking of knowing a guy, for anyone who's listening who is fascinated by this idea of being able to regain vision. I love this because as a massage therapist, we see everyone under the sun everyone and so this is great information for someone that didn't know that this was a thing and now we've got a source of referral so this is great so can you give out some information to anybody listening how they could get in contact with you what's the best method if you have a website or something that we can link everybody to sure the website's natural our clinic is avenue acupuncture number is 416-449-6756 and uh, my other website is avenue acu.com that avenue acu.com cool very cool right anything else you want to ask ryan before he goes um well we got the haircut thing out of the way <laughs> <laughs> you do have nice hair right oh this whole thing yeah i dig it i totally dig it i'll bring my girl over to you <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys right no, thank you it was fun you guys make it easy nice it's been a good morning you guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone peace